0: Fantastic. I mean, fantastic edition of the official 615 podcast brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Their goal is to put you in the perfect car and pain his staff. Do exactly that. Again, check them out at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Greg, we're back again, man. Good to see you.
1: Yeah. Once again, want to thank uh, all the great folks, Kitchen Notes, Omni Nashville Hotel, allowing us to set up here. And, um, Record the official 615 podcast, and uh, no better way to thank Music City Todd Rotermel to have him as our guest today. Well, I, th- I can think of a lot of better ways to thank <laughs> him, but this is one way. <laughs>
2: Todd, how you doing, man? Good morning, guys. How are you? Doing all right. Excited to uh, be part of the 615 podcast. Official. Guys, the official, official the 615 yeah, You know
0: why? Tell me. Because we say so. We say it is. Okay, well, it's, whatever yeah. Joe says. That's Joe goes. Joe goes. Just uh, ask him. <laughs> uh, we were waiting for the right time to get you on here. And I know we're going to talk a lot about the last couple of years of pandemic and everything. But we also want to know about you. And I spoke to you before we came on the show today about one great way to measure a city's growth is by the hospitality industry. And we were laughing. Like, back in the 80s in Nashville, there were no hotels. There was maybe a few downtown, but that was it. First, let's
1: tell people who he is. He is the area sales and marketing uh, director for Omni Nashville Hotels. Very good. I got a
2: demotion. It was the VP of sales <laughs> <Vice last> President. <laughs> no, I,
1: yeah, I make it up as I go. Well, uh, area director is fine. V- v- vice president. He's, you know, chief bottle washer yes, here right. at, at the Omni. And who
2: better to ask about Omni? Yes. Yeah, so. Well, no, to your point, I do remember the first major hotel in Nashville was in the 70s, was the Grand Hyatt with the revolving rooftop. And then in the mid 80s, the old, what was the old convention center was a new convention center. Then the Renaissance came mm -hmm. and then the Hilton opened in 2001. And boom, look at us now.
1: Where did we go before? Hermitage Hotel, maybe? Was that about the only... Thing of an upscale variety.
2: It was the only five-star hotel in the state of Tennessee for years until Blackberry Farms opened over in Knoxville.
0: There you go. That is an interesting fact to know that. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you know, growing up here, I remember the Revolving Restaurant. You know, back then it was the Hyatt? It was was the the Sheraton. It later became the Sheraton.
2: Well, yeah, it was the Hyatt first, Mm -hmm. and then it became a Crown Plaza. Mm-hmm. And then a Sheraton, and now a Sheraton Grand. You're just
0: spinning out of control. <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> How long has the Omni been open?
2: <clears throat> you know, we opened our doors a little over nine years ago. We opened September 13th, September 30th, of 2013. And you know, to talk about the growth, we opened six months after the beautiful Music City Convention Center. Um, since then, we have had over eight thousand new hotel rooms open within ten blocks of us.
0: Eight thousand
2: eight. There's a thousand on the block right across the street with the Joseph and the Holiday Inn and the Tribrand Marriott.
0: That is an amazing thing. And what was, you know, I remember when the NFL draft came here and the talk was, well, you gotta have X number of hotel rooms to, to hit that criteria. I, I don't I think somebody made the number. How many do we have in the city total? Do you know?
2: Well, we have in Davidson County, all of Davidson County, a little over thirty two thousand hotel rooms. Probably downtown proper. We have about, if you count West End, about fifteen thousand. Oh, my goodness. And, and to your point, you know, we do based upon what happens with the stadium. We do have enough rooms downtown in the central business district to host a Super Bowl, a Final Four, a national football championship. I mean, we're 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 there.
1: And that's where we're headed. Uh, of course, Governor Lee this week committed $500 million in bonds uh, with the contingency that it be a domed stadium or with a retractable roof. And where the rest of that money is going to come from is TBA, obviously, the usual suspects. And part of it, though, would be – People coming to town and and, and, and staying in your rooms and the hotel rooms and paying a, a surplus tax to take care of that in, in a lot of ways as well for the city's component of it.
2: That's right. It would be a, a great addition. And, you know, if, if they end up doing it that way and adding a, an additional room tax to it, you know, the folks in Davidson County aren't going to pay for it. It's the visitors from out of town that are taking advantage of our city, which we have no problem with. Let them foot the bill for the new state. Well, where are we
1: headed? We got a, a Nashville SC state coming online 1st of May. The fairgrounds looks like it's headed for a complete renovation. And with, you know, cup racing there already at the super speedway, that's the next step. Are we barreling down this road out of control somewhat? Because can we handle it with infrastructure, with affordable housing, with obviously traffic and all the things that go into it? Our lack of mass vision of mass transit the bigger we get and the more things we do, the more issues there are.
2: That's right, and, and you're you're right on all of those points, Greg. Mm-hmm. Of course, transportation is, mass transit's the the biggest issue. Affordable housing, I would say, is 1B, and, mm-hmm. and we are focusing on some stuff that, you know what, we gotta take care of our own.
0: Yep. I thought Greg was gonna do a political speech there. He was like was- running for some kind of office there. I thought you could end up by saying, the only thing we have to fear it's fear itself.
1: I, it doesn't impact me. I live in Rutherford County <laughs> the, on, the other, on the good side of the lake. I'll, I'll leave all you Davidson the guys The good around. side of
0: the lake. <laughs> uh, what did you, what did you, you started at a hotel I used to work at, and I will take uh, say this, I was the worst employee ever at Gaylord Opryland. And you worked there for how long?
2: I was there from, uh, they recruited me from Orlando. I worked there from September of 88 until October of 2001.
0: You were there 13 years? Mm-hmm. I was there four months. I couldn't wait to get rid of me. <laughs> I was the worst ballet parker employee there of all time. And he stole Dr. J's pizza. Well, no. Dr. J came to town, and there was the summer of 88, and they are all going to the Hermitage for a big event. Richard Dreyfus was, was in town, and Dr. J walked up and said, hey, can we get to – uh I need to go to the Hermitage. And I said, I got you. And I went and took a car out of the ballet lot, picked up Dr. J and his lovely wife, took her to the Hermitage, and I said, Uh, I get two hours. I'll be here. He's like, what do we owe you? I said, our pleasure, Doctor J. So come back here in two hours, and you know, there were no cell phones back then. So I'll wait for you. And then uh, he came back out two hours later, and I drove him back to the hotel. Whose car? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> out of the valet lot. But I then the
1: pizza. Well, this is interviewing. Yeah, we got to interview, him. Tell them the pizza story. Oh, I uh, is that pulled, why it only
0: lasted four months? Because you stole someone's car. <laughs> I was the worst. Uh, they never found out about that till now. But I was valet parking at the old. I guess it was not the magnolia, but the. Cascades. Cascades, There we go. And a, a van pulled up one of those old conversion vans. Really, at the time, it was nice. Uh, and a friend of mine said, hey, they got a full pizza in there. I'm eating the valet lot. I said, cool. So we go to the valet lot. We eat the entire pizza in the valet parking lot. I'm walking back up, and I see the dad and one of the kids waiting. I'm like, what are they waiting for? And I looked down, Todd. I'd been to a pizza so hard I had tomato sauce going all, <laughs> true story, going all the way down my shirt. And I walk up, and I said, I wonder what he's going to ask for. And he's like, hey, you took our van? I'm like, yes, sir. And he's like, yeah, we'll have the whole pizza in there. And I said, <laughs> no. I said, one of your kids. I saw a He said, no, we don't have. I said, yeah, one of your kids took it. And he's like, <laughs> I bet. I guess he probably took it to the room. I said, yes, sir, he probably did. And I've got this giant... <laughs> tomato sauce stained <laughs> down my shirt that's why i've told greg this before don't valet park your car in mo you can do it here because i trust the guys here but when you see a guy like me come out don't do it that's that's the kind of people opryland had then back then, but- and we uh we'll get back on track here todd rotormail <laughs> that, that was good joe that was good so but you worked with a guy named jack vaughn and jack was a gm and you knew him a lot better than i did he was extremely gracious to us valet parkers What was your dealings with Mr. Vaughn?
2: Mr. Vaughn was former military. He actually got hired. Um, He was running the Century Plaza in Los Angeles. And when WSM came, they were gonna build a theme park. They wanted to build a 200 room motel out there. And Mr. Vaughn said, well, you really need to be a hotel. We need to have some meeting space to make Nashville a destination. So they followed his advice and originally opened in 1978 with 600 rooms and about 40,000 square feet of space. And then that was so successful in 83, it was his idea. They opened the conservatory and added more space. Beautiful. In 88, they added the Cascades and more space. And then in 96, they opened the Delta and now they're actually 2,893 rooms, the largest hotel in North America outside of Las Vegas.
0: Is it really? And he was a great,
2: great man to work for. He was the best person I've ever worked for in my career.
0: Uh, he passed away years ago. But passed away like four years ago. Yeah. Uh, and so we I didn't know him like you knew him, obviously. But he was always so nice to us. And he loved that hotel.
2: He, you know, here there's a guy, the GM, he was in there every day at 7, left every day at 6, would come in and work all day Saturday and a half a day Sunday. He just that that hotel is there and the culture that was there um, was all because of Jack Vaughn.
0: What do you take away you, today when you were walking around the hotel and your role, what did you take, what, what part of Mr. Vaughn's in you?
2: Um, Mr. Vaughn always treated everybody with dignity and respect, whether you're a housekeeper or a valet that steals pizzas from people's (laughs) car, or, (laughs) you know, the general manager of the hotel, Mr. Vaughn treated everybody equally, no matter what, race, creed, color, religion, and that has always stuck with me my entire career.
1: How did you get into this, the hotel? Now, let's get even back up further. Uh, You're from Ohio. Correct. Where? Akron. Akron you went to Eastern Illinois, Charleston, Illinois. I've been to Eastern Illinois and I'm in Charleston. I actually spent a week there one night. Uh, (laughs) and, and and so, uh, but when did that, when did the hotel administration, how did that come about?
2: Well, um, it's a funny story. I was at, at Eastern Illinois. It was the, um, winter, call it November, December of 1982, and all of a sudden the campus newspaper said, Walt Disney World's coming to town to interview for spring internships. And I had a pickup truck and I had just bought a Kawasaki LTD 1000, and of course it's the winter time in Illinois, so it was sitting in the garage, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna interview for a position. I had long hair and I had a beard and mustache, and so I had nothing to lose. I had nothing to lose in the interview. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like 300 people interviewed and they were only going to select 18 people. Wow. So I went into the interview. I had nothing to lose. I didn't care. And sure enough, two weeks later, I get a letter. I've been accepted to work in the magic kingdom college program. So I loaded my motorcycle up in the back of my pickup truck, loaded six months worth of clothes and moved down into a place called snow white village. There were 40 (laughs) double wide trailers with eight students in each trailer. So there's 320 of us in this campground. Wow. And, um, yeah, I've worked at an internship down at uh, Walt Disney World. And when it was up in May, Disney had the deal, if you stayed and didn't graduate, you couldn't work for them until you graduated. So I hadn't graduated, so I called my mom and dad, and I said, you know what, I'm kind of digging it down here. I get to go to the beach, I got my motorcycle, and I said, I'm not coming home. And so I got a job at the Buena Vista Palace, started as a valet parker. I never stole or ate anybody's pizzas.
0: Oh, well, you're not going to admit it now, but. But I took probably. Ferraris on a couple of spins every now and again.
2: <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, actually went to Bellman, Bell Captain, guest services manager, front desk manager, night manager, and got into sales at the Buena Vista Palace. And then OperaLand recruited me in uh, September of 88.
0: Holy cow. Uh, you talk about recruited. You know, in today's world, you can hop online and go to Simply Hire a Zip Recruiter or send an email. How does one get recruited back in 1988?
2: You know, there was there was obviously no internet back then. Right. Um, I had some recruiter. Actually, God rest his soul, Bill Griffin. He's uh, was the opening general manager at the at the Hyatt here in Nashville back in the seventies. And he lives up in Hendersonville. And he was the headhunter recruiter for Opryland. And he had heard my name from somebody, and he called me out of the blue. And he said, "Hey, if you want to come to Opryland in Nashville," I was like, "Nashville." <laughs> I'm like, there's Nashville? What the heck is in Nashville? And he said, just just fly up for a weekend. And I flew up, and it was first week of September, and the rolling hills and the beautiful countryside, and the hotel is just spectacular, and sold. Here I am. Wow.
1: Todd Roterbell with us. He is the sir, The uh, he's been ordained the sir of uh, marketing, and uh, <laughs> Sir Todd with us, and sales what is it about it that you like that keeps you driving you? What was it then that you wanted to keep paying those dues up the chain to get to where you are? Why?
2: Well, you know, it's, um, a job. Well, that's part of it. it. It's, you know, every day is different. And I tell my staff every single day, you know what, we're not digging ditches. We're not flipping hamburgers. We're not, in finance, looking at spreadsheets every day. Every single day in the hotel business is different. Like right now, here we have the National Se- uh, Stone, Sand, and Gravel Association. Following that is the world of asphalt. Following that is propane gas. Following that is a Chevrolet Dealers Conference. Just a so, bunch of
1: party animals. It,
2: but, it's a, <laughs> but I mean, every day, every day is different. Uh, I think it's just inherent to be, to be a servant in a way, if you're in hospitality, and that's to make everybody stay as good as it possibly can, and create a memorable experience, and that's what keeps me going.
0: When you say uh, uh, with you dealing people day to day at, at this job, I'm thinking you have to remain cool and calm all the time. Because I've seen meltdowns when I was a Valley Parker, people melting. It happens, <laughs> but you have to check your ego. I think in your position at the door, don't you?
2: You know, you do. There, there's, there's. There's a lot of knuckleheads out there, you know, that if they're, you know, their check-in time is stated on their confirmation that it's four o'clock and they get here at three o'clock and their room's not ready and they'll, you know, berate this poor young lady who's a front desk clerk and people just say, Hey, if I'm paying that much for a room, I want it ready. Even though Mm -hmm. they know it's not. (laughs) Um, Everybody's saying that, Hey, I had a dirty towel in my room or, You know there was a room service tray outside of the neighboring room for the past six hours and some people can just be knuckleheads and you just have to you know keep a straight face keep a straight head and just nothing but the facts
0: at what point do you stop or step in and say all right this is enough i mean is there a certain moment where the the agent's crying or you just know it's going to be spiral out of control
2: you can always tell by the look on their face both the guest and as well as the employee and associate in our case. And you can tell if they, if you or anybody go to the front desk or talk to our servers or bus boys without dignity and respect, I'll absolutely jump in right away. And I'll say, well, Joe, you're not welcome here. If you're going to treat my people like that, which is my work family, Mm -hmm. I, I don't want your business. I don't need your business.
1: Oh, it's simple. Right. And then you uh, book them in a Motel 6 right? <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in Carthage. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: you're listening to the official 615 podcast brought to you by good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at Wilson County Hyundai. Dot .com. All right, so 88 you come over here in 2013 and, and now you see you're the only game on this block and now things are sprouting up around you. How's the competition? Are you guys friendly to each other? Cuz I always got the question in TV like I bet you guys don't get along and, and and we got along famously. How do you get along with other hotels?
2: Well, you know, we've always had a philo- you know, we've always had a philosophy here. We have weekly calls with the Heads of sales and marketing at the Renaissance and the the Westin and the Joseph and the Music City Center and the CVB. And you know what? If this city, because the economic driver was the Music City Center, and we all need to work together to get the right patterns, to get the right conventions into this city. The city is so successful that if you have a hotel in this area that's not successful, it's just complete and utter mismanagement but i talked to a lot of my counterparts in dallas and houston and orlando and atlanta and chicago and washington dc um we were at a meeting a couple of months ago all omni director of sales and marketing general manager conference and there was a lot of envy because of, they would hear me talk about the relationships we have with our competitors and we are all with all of those hotels i mentioned we are very very collaborative, probably more than any city in the country, which is one of the reasons we're able to secure a lot of these city wide nice. and become as successful as we are.
1: Back it up to the Music City Center. Charles Stark's obviously there that runs it. Uh, I mean, it used to be a parking lot. I mean, Bridgestone Arena, whatever it was, you know, there, even the Omni spot was nothing. nothing. You talked about pulling up here in your your truck on your first. To talk about that story when you pulled up here where the Omni is going to be built and there hadn't even moved dirt yet.
2: Well, I um, left, left Opryland in 2001. I started my own company, a hospitality sales and marketing organization. I sold it in January of 11. Um, Omni called me in late February, early March of 11, and said, hey, we want to talk to you about the opening director of sales and marketing job. And I told them, you know, I still don't know what I want to do. I'm not interested.
0: Tough guy, so playing hard to get. Uh, two, weeks, <laughs> two weeks later, they
2: call me back, and they say, hey, we're going to send you an airline ticket. We just want you to fly to Dallas and look at the plans. So I told my wife at the time, yeah, I'm going to fly to Dallas next week and just look at the plans. Looked at the plans. It it was a showstopper. There's nothing in Nashville that can compare to what this hotel is. And accepted the position. And my first day on the job um, was April 28th of 2011. Keep in mind, we didn't even break ground until June 16th of 11. So my first day on the job, this was a parking lot. As Greg said, everything around us was a parking lot. Pulled up in my Ford F-150 with my BlackBerry. I didn't have an office. (laughs) I didn't have a laptop. I didn't have business cards. And then, you know, fast forward to groundbreaking in September 13th. And now here we are almost 11 years later. And you can't see anything around
0: us. You can't. You know, I'm thinking about that first day. You're thinking, oh, they're going to break ground. Take forever. Uh, And the next thing you know, it's nine years later. It's amazing how time just moves. The
2: way it moves. And a lot of people ask me that question, Joe. And I say, you know what? I'm. I'm a guy, but now I almost understand what it's like to be a female and have a baby, because you go through the process, you get pregnant, all of a sudden, boom, the baby comes out, the baby grows up, and then everything we've been through (laughs) this past two years has been horrible, but no, it's like, I gave birth to this hotel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, What you've been through, March 12th, 2020 uh my midday show Bill King show I'm give, you know, Nashville 560 a.m 1059 FM WNSR we were doing remotes down here that was the Thursday morning of the SCC basketball tournament. I remember exactly it's one of those where were you when JFK or 9 11 I remember exactly where I was when they canceled the tournament and everything spiraled from there from March 12 2020. I was in this building doing a, a show from there. No one could have even in their wildest dreams think of what could have happened the next eighteen months.
2: You know, it was it was. I'll, I'll never forget the same thing. I went over the night before. I believe Vanderbilt mm-hmm. played Ole mm-hmm. Miss or somebody mm-hmm. for the opening game, and I went over to the Vandy reception at Martin's Barbecue. And the next morning, you know, here we go, another men's SEC tournament. It's going to be a great week. And
1: first, they said no fans. We're playing, but no fans.
2: It was, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Right. And then I get a call from Commissioner Sankey's assistant, because we're always the headquarter hotel for that. And she said, I want you to know Commissioner Sankey is going to make an announcement in an hour that they're going to, cancel a tournament and all of your guests, all of your guests in the hotel are going to leave. And we went from hundred percent occupancy to zero. And we had 750 employees at the time. We made the decision on March 22nd to actually completely close the hotel. Mm. Um, we closed it for 90 days. We had to furlough 720 out of 750 employees. And, um, I remember I came, I never worked from home. I came to work every day and, it, it, was, it was tragic, it, it was tragic. We had to go in through the valet because of the homeless would come in. We had to shut down our gates on 4th Avenue and no music in the lobby, no lights in the lobby. I remember me and the GM and our director of rooms just to get out of the hotel a couple times a day, we would go out on 5th Avenue and we brought our baseball gloves and a baseball, and we would just do long toss on Fifth Avenue, <laughs> and there was nobody out there, no wow. homeless, no people. The police cars or the fire trucks would go by and honk and thumbs up and wave at us, but it was like, it reminded me of the uh, movie, I Am Legend Yeah, in New York City, where there was nothing going on, and I'm like, this is Nashville, Tennessee, and all the money that we spent, that this stupid COVID, and yeah, I'm gonna call it stupid, stupid COVID did that to our town.
0: Did you have a moment, and I asked Butch Spirit in the same question, did you have a moment or you went home and you just lost it?
2: Um, no, you know, I'm a very positive, very upbeat guy. I mean, was there times when I was depressed? A little bit, yeah, because every day I got in the office, and I mean, we wrote off tens of millions of dollars in business and on the phone calls saying, I'm sorry, but we have to cancel. And, you know, it got to the point that, you know, don't, you don't need to schedule a conference call with me to tell me you're gonna cancel like everybody else. I don't wanna talk about Hal's mom and them, just send me an email, tell me <laughs> you wanna <to> cancel,
0: <laughs> and let's move on. When did you realize, at the tail end of this, and I guess maybe the last couple of months, where, all right, we're, we're, we're getting back, we're slowly getting back. Was there a moment, was there a convention that did not cancel on you? Was it something in the air, what was it?
2: You know, I'll never forget, it was um, May 6th, um, 2021, Mayor Cooper, got rid of the mask mandate that same week, the Southern Baptist Convention was booked out at Opryland, but their registration numbers had went from like eight or 9,000 to 15,000 people. They don't have the space to host it. So they moved it downtown six weeks out. It was Father's Day weekend, six weeks out, all of a sudden they buy 700 rooms off us for four days. And all Hmm. of a sudden we start taking off and it has not slowed down. We are the second, busiest leisure hotel out of all 50 of our hotels on our brand
0: holy
1: cow Does, holy cow we hear from all kind of different industries to get enough people to work has that been an issue of getting the people back because when that all happened and they all got laid off or what all of the restaurants certainly the hospitality industry the music all all components but certainly the the hospitality industry and the employees dispersed. Mm-hmm. They they went back home or whatever they did. They got other jobs. They got day job. Whatever. How has that been getting people to come back? Because even now you're not back to 100 on on some of the restaurants
2: and and, and some of your offerings. It's uh, <clears throat> right now we probably have 70 open positions, and it's you know it's hard. We ask ourselves in our executive committee meetings every week. You know where did everybody go? And I think. What we've come to the consensus is if you're a bartender or you're a server um, in one of the outlets that, you know, you're used to working late nights, all of a sudden when COVID hit and you get furloughed and you get your stimulus check, you know what, Joe can sit home with his wife and his two young kids and take them to school and have dinner with them every night and all of a sudden... You know, you go out and get another job, whether it's at a meat packing plant or at Amazon. Yeah, you probably took a ten or a fifteen thousand dollar pay cut, but you realize that lifestyle with your family and watching your kids grow up and doing homework with them and tucking them into bed is more important than the money. And that's what I really think happened on the hospitality side.
0: I walked into an orientation meeting a couple weeks ago upstairs because I thought <laughs> they had food outside and uh, everybody in there was like eager. I gathered because they were talking and they were asking questions, eager to be working. So I'm thinking, here's this group that's eager to be working and it just kind of made you feel good that people kind of want to get back and, and do things and, and improve their life and they were here.
2: Yeah, we had we had one this morning that I spoke with. I think we had 25 new associates in the orientation this morning. No pizza in the room, but it was <laughs> great to have uh, new housekeepers, new servers, couple right. servers from Kitchen Notes. And it's, uh, you know, we've just got to rebuild our, our culture that we had that that we lost when we had to close the hotel.
1: I'm going to move it forward. What you say the Super Bowl. Let's just say things progress. 2026, there's the opportunity. Uh, it's in the bid process. I believe there's going to be 11 cities in, the, in North America get – although Canada may be out because of covid but to get world cup correct okay it's got to be a grass field for the world cup to come anywhere that is also the 27 year is the last year of the lease of the new stadium can this new stadium be in line by 2026 i know i'm asking more of opinion than any kind of you know factual statement on your part but you 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 got your you got your connections it, 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 can this happen? Because we talked about it initially, Super Bowls, Final Fours, concerts at any time of the year of the big you know, stadium series concerts. Is this city ready to go through that again?
2: Well, I think I think that we will definitely make one of the final ten cities for the World Cup, but right. I don't think we'll make the final final city mm-hmm. because when you got to compete with places like uh, Los Angeles right. that can seat what a hundred and five thousand people, when you got a place like Jerry World and in, in Irving, Texas that can seat a hundred thousand people versus us that we seat what sixty thousand. So they want those extra forty thousand tickets. So I we, think the finals yeah. will be a giant.
1: Yeah, I think so. Will we have a new dome stadium in four years? No, don't think so. Because in five years, the lease, but well, that can be extended if there is a, a
2: plan in place. So, well, I, I well, do. I think so. No, would I love to have it? Absolutely, it would help our industry. It would help our town, both hospitality and everything else. But. I just think that, I mean, look how long Mayor Barry tried to push through mass transit, which we desperately needed three or four years ago. And, you know, we're in a- very- We don't need it anymore. Well, <laughs> we're, good. we're good. I just think there's a lot of red tape. I'm glad that Governor Lee is trying to push it through with this additional $500 million bond. And, you know, like we talked earlier, that the, the city, the residents of Davidson County aren't paying for it. It's the people that are coming in and staying at the hotels that'll pay probably a penny bed tax, which will go to that 500
1: Well, one leads to the other. Uh, if the NFL never comes here, Nissan of North America doesn't have its headquarters here. Bridgestone doesn't have its North American headquarters here. And I can Oracle, Google, all the things that are coming here. Alliance Bernstein. Yeah, just, he left I, out Mars Pet Care. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that to <gonna> say Shoney's. <laughs> Joe's Pool Hall, eight, balls, eight <laughs> ball speaking. Uh, but... That it, it gets to that point where you know, at what moment can it be sustained? But you're telling me we got the hotel rooms, we certainly have the people coming here. I mean, and we joke, what is it? How many 883 people move here every day, Easily, something like so that? Ridiculous. You know, you know, but and we tell them, spend your money, go home, right? But I, I just wonder if we are going to that next step of getting into that is that contingent on having a uh, uh, an arena with a roof on it.
2: Yes and no, I mean, I think we'll still be relevant, we'll still have the Titans, we'll still have the Music City Bowl, we can still do concerts in the summer, but boy, if we have a retractable roof, that would be a, just an absolute game changer, not even from the, not only from the sports aspect, but Greg, you had mentioned early that if Garth wants to play a show in February, he can play a show and it's not gonna be a rain out like it was last year. That was a monsoon. They, they, cover, they cover the dome and you play. Mm-hmm.
0: We Before that, and if we're out of time here, but I want to get that thing again. When a guy like Garth announces a second show, you said the hotel phone line rings.
2: Phone lines, online reservations, we went from that. When he announced the second show on Friday, we went from probably... Because it's Easter weekend, there's mm-hmm. no conventions. We went from probably twenty percent occupancy to ninety-five percent occupancy <laughs> within three days. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Brooks. <laughs> That's just amazing. That's just amazing.
1: Can you kiss and tell on some of the famous people that have stayed here? Is that is that kosher or not? My manager,
2: Chris Kulak, advised me not to.
1: Your manager? One of your let me ask you this. So let's get that. The general manager of here, um Dan Piotrowski, who is now big cheese right cheese with omni cheese. overall and of course was led this wherever it was tell them get us caught up on dan because i know his children grew up here he do, you know, had so much to do with this now what's he doing with omni
2: dan is uh, number two in the company he went from gm here to um senior vice president of operations over all the hotel operations departments all 50 omnis and his son Chase is in his senior year at TCU, and uh, Dan's living in Dallas now. And he's what we fondly call a corporate seagull, but I love him
0: nonetheless. <laughs> well, that's the kid who was at Ravenwood, like a that's freshman. Right. freshman mm-hmm. When we chase,
2: chased. Chase, oh, Lord, how they, about
0: that? Like the hotel, they grew up way too fast, Todd. He's senior
2: at TSU, and he's a fine, fine young young man. And his wife Tawny's a great lady. And Dan's living life. Uh, joined a club. He's. Sends me pictures every weekend playing golf. And nice, good for him.
0: I will say though, I did ride the elevator here with Joe Walsh one night, which was really cool.
2: That was February of sixteen. Uh, That's right. He it was, was. Here for
0: CJ Martell. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> All right, man. Fantastic. Thank you. You know, we thank the world of you and everything that you do, and uh we appreciate you, man, so much. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate your time. Yep. Todd Rotermel with the uh, Greg, what's his official title? Oh,
1: by the way, uh, Joe, is you there's no no rooms to be asked for Easter weekend. <laughs> <laughs> just tell you that right now. He can't, he can't. I, I want to know it. Todd's title again. It is uh the senior vice president of marketing and, and stamps. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> how, it. How, how many times have I butchered that? It's now a running gag. Hundred because on the, you know, all the other radio shows we do. And Todd everything. doesn't even know. Todd, do you know? Yeah.
2: No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Greg my cards. Like so I don't have one of those before.
1: <laughs> wow, about? you are the area director of sales and marketing. I thought you were BSing me. No. He's simply oh, really? our friend. That's, that's good enough. <laughs> Thanks,
0: brother. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, that's another edition of the Official 615 Podcast. Find it wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate you guys so much. See you next week. <laughs>